From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to Washington Watch. Well, another very busy day here in Washington. So coming up on this Thursday edition, the U.S. House of Representatives is in the midst of voting on dozens of amendments to the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, and that's happening on the House floor right now. The NDAA directs the funding for the U.S. military. Now, the left has accused Republicans of interjecting the culture wars into our nation's military. The idea that we're injecting into uh, fundamental foreign policy decisions what, in fact, as a domestic social debate on social issues is bizarre. I don't ever recall that happening, ever. And it's, 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 it's just totally irresponsible, in my view. That was, of course, President Biden today in Finland. And yes, it is bizarre, Mr. President, and you're the one who's responsible for interjecting it into our nation's military. We'll get the latest on the debate from Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson, a member of the House Armed Services Committee, who is scheduled to join us from the House floor in just a moment. And the House Judiciary Committee's oversight hearing yesterday into the FBI with uh, Director Christopher Wray is still reverberating. You preside over the FBI that has the lowest level of trust in the FBI's history. People trusted the FBI more when J. Edgar Hoover was running the place than when you are. And the reason is because you don't give straight answers. You give answers that, that later a court deems aren't true. That was Florida Congressman Matt Gage yesterday in the oversight hearing. We're going to talk about some of the issues that surfaced in the hearing. In yesterday's roundtable discussion on Communist China's repression of religious freedom hosted by the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party, one of the issues repeatedly brought up was the long arm of China's repressive government surveilling Chinese citizens living here in the U.S. We'll talk with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, who is calling on the FBI to investigate. Democrats are doing a victory lap, claiming their economic policies also known as Bidenomics, are working as inflation has cooled to 3%. But costs for families are up over 15% since President Biden took office. We'll talk numbers with E.J. Antony, who is a research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. In a recent conversation on Capitol Hill, uh, members of Congress were lamenting that Christians were not being taught how to apply the Bible, its principles and teachings, to the issues of today. And that is precisely the mission of FRC Center for Biblical Worldview, to aid in that effort of helping followers of Christ to rightfully apply the Word of God to the world in which we live. FRC has a new publication, a foundational publication, and David Clausen, director of our Center for Biblical Worldview, will join me later to tell us all about it. Our word for today comes from Luke chapter 6. Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For indeed your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. Then notice what Jesus says in verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. This is what marks the life of a true disciple of Jesus, one who is drawing life from the vine of Christ. They're hated, rejected, opposed, and persecuted, but yet they do not hate in return. They open their arms to all who will join in the pursuit of the kingdom. There is no resentment 
only compassion for those blind to the truth. To join us in our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. Well, as I mentioned, the House has been working through dozens of amendments to the National Defense Authorization Act, which directs military spending. At the center of the debate in the $886 billion bill is reversing many of Biden's, the Biden administration's use of the military for social experiments that the left prioritizes. This includes abortion traveling funding, transgender promotions, DE. I and CRT programs and so-called green energy policies. Joining me now from the House floor to discuss this and more is Congressman Mike Johnson. He serves on the House Judiciary Committee, the House Armed Services Committee, and the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government. He represents the 4th Congressional District of Louisiana, and he is the co-chair of the House Conference. Congressman Johnson, welcome back to Washington Watch. Hey, Tony. Always a pleasure to be with you. Now, I know you may have to slip off to vote because I think votes are right now taking place. Uh, Give us the latest on an amendment you and I have talked about. It was offered earlier. Uh, It's going to be voted on here momentarily. That is the one by Congressman Ronnie Jackson that directs the uh, it goes directly to the heart of the issue of the funding for abortion in terms of facilitating it by the Department of Defense. Uh, Give us a status on that. Yeah, you know, the Department of Defense is doing an end run around many of the pro-life states' laws and all the hard work that's been done. After Dobbs overturned Roe, this has become a a really important issue in the country. And so what they try to do by sort of this executive fiat through the the executive branch and and in the Department of Defense is the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary has, has said that they will pay for or reimburse expenses relating to abortion services. So in other words, uh, if a service uh, member or a woman serving is pregnant and she's on a base somewhere, then she can travel to uh, – and she's in a red state. She can travel to a state that provides abortion, and taxpayers will reimburse her for that. That's a violation of the Hyde Amendment, the long protection we've had in federal law against the use of taxpayer dollars for that. It, it violates the spirit and the letter of the law in the states uh, around the country that have worked so hard, and we, we've got to – make sure that this is reversed. And so this amendment is our attempt and effort to do that. Yeah. And just to be very clear here, we're talking about elective abortions. So this is this is right. This is this is new territory for decades. This has been a bipartisan position that taxpayers would not be forced to facilitate abortion. So that amendment, uh, it's been debated on the floor. We voted on here momentarily. And folks, you can still weigh in on this by calling the Capitol switchboard 202-224-3121 and telling your member of Congress to support Ronnie Jackson's amendment to get the government out of the abortion business. Uh, What else? Amendment number five, Tony. Amendment number five. That's what they need to say. All right. That'll be very clear. Amendment number five. Support amendment number five by Congressman Ronnie Jackson of Texas. All right. What else are we looking at? Several other programs that are being zeroed zeroed in on by conservatives. Well, right. As you mentioned, you know, it's the president and his administration that has injected into the military all of this woke social policy nonsense. And so we have ESG and DEI and anything else you can imagine, uh, you know, funding of drag queen shows on, on military bases, violation of parental rights. We were able to get amendments, um, it, you know, it ruled in order here to take care of all of that, to to take that out of our military policy. And so those are some of the debates that have been had on the floor, and these are the votes that we'll have 
um, here over the next several hours. We may be on the floor until after midnight tonight handling all this, but it's 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 far more contentious than it should be. You know, our military has a very important job. They're they're to be trained to be a uh, powerful force that wins wars and defends our nation, not experimentation with social policy. And so it's just completely disingenuous for the president to say the things that he said today. It's not, as you noted, Tony, it's not Republicans and conservatives uh, that are inserting this. It was him. We're undoing the damage that has been done. You know, it's like they poke the bear and the bear pushes back and they accuse the bear of being aggressive. It it is it it is the left that has been pushing this stuff for years. I mean, the the military should be focused on preparing to fight and win wars, not picking the proper pronouns, uh, which is what this administration is focused on. I, I do want to point out, Congressman, that there's something unique here under this Republican Congress is that you're actually having debates on the floor about amendments. That is something that hasn't happened in a very long time. <laughs> what a concept. Yeah, you know, we, we, we were able to get some real process reforms in that long, drawn-out battle for the speakership in, in January. And as painful as that process was for everyone, the result was was really good. We got transparency again. We eliminated forever, we hope, the possibility of omnibus spending bills and, and giant pieces of legislation that no one no one has read. Um, we're going through this methodical process. It takes a lot more time and effort, but this is what is demanded, and that's what the American people deserve. And I'm really glad we've, we've gotten back to some. Yeah, I just I don't want people to 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 miss that in the in, you know as we're in these these raging debates that a year ago we couldn't even have these debates uh, under the democratic rules. There was no debate. It was just you you were steamrolled in the left's process of getting their agenda through. I, I want to transition, yeah. uh, Congressman Johnson, to yesterday's hearing in which you were a part of in the Judiciary Committee with uh, uh, Director of the FBI, Christopher Ray. There were some troubling things that, uh, that came up from my standpoint as I listened to the debate. One of those issues was over the FISA warrants and the fact that uh, there have there's been literally hundreds of thousands of those that were improperly served. That's alarming. Well, of course it is. It may, it may be many more than hundreds of thousands, perhaps more than a million. Uh, and that that is a, a law that is supposed to be used for, you know, intelligence and gathering info on people overseas who are trying to do Americans harm. But the law has been abused by the FBI routinely, and and American citizens have been swept up into this, and their 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 privacy rights violated, and all sorts of information gathered and used against them inappropriately. Um, that was just one of the many things that Director Ray was really evasive about, and uh, and I think Tony and I said it in, in media all day long today. I think he said things that were demonstrably, provably untrue. And I don't know whether he's lying under oath or he certainly didn't or he didn't know some of these things. But either of those eventualities is alarming to us. And uh, he has a lot more explaining to do. Well, there was actually testimony yesterday that contradicted previous testimony when he was asked about. It, he said, well, I just didn't know. Um, and, and, and so, you know, th- that's very convenient to say, well, I didn't know about that. And but mislead Congress in these oversight hearings. Yeah, our oversight is a critical responsibility of the Congress, and this is a serious matter here because the American people are losing their faith in our Department of Justice, our system of justice itself, 
because the scandals uh, are mounting here. And under Director Ray's watch, I mean, we all know the long list of abuses. I mean, they use counterterrorism resources against parents at school board meetings, and, and they raided the homes of conservative political opponents, and they labeled conservative Catholic pro-life citizens violent extremists. You know, you had the, the special counsel Durham report just last month, and he concluded that the FBI failed to uphold its mission of strict fidelity to the law. And then, Tony, out of our home state of Louisiana, July 4th, this explosive 155-page court opinion where a federal court looks at all this and concludes this is the court's words, not mine. Right. The FBI is directly involved in what is arguably the most massive attack against free speech in United States history. This is not a game, and he owes us more explanation, and we're all owed accountability for what's happened here. I want to go back. We just got about a minute left. I want to go back to the FISA warrants because this is something that goes back to uh, post 9-11 Patriot Act. This is something that is up before Congress for reauthorization. Is is, is this going to be reauthorized? We're going to fight tooth and nail the reauthorization of Section 702 of FISA unless there are real and meaningful reforms to ensure that the constitutional rights of the citizens that all these statutes are designed to protect are respected. And that is not happening here. And so there's no way that you're going to get the Republican votes to authorize this in its current form. And, and we need the FBI and everybody in the intelligence agencies uh, to acknowledge the errors, own up to them, and yeah. commit to us that they will follow the law. That's, that's the key here. All right, Congressman Mike Johnson, I know you got to go vote uh, on the amendments to the NDAA. I thank you for stepping off the floor to, uh, to join us by phone. You got it, my friend. Talk to you soon. All right. Okay, Mike. Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana. All right, don't go away. Senator Marsha Blackburn of North Carolina joins us. uh, Tennessee joins us next. Don't go away. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipled their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. 
Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us on this Thursday. The website, TonyPerkins.com. And uh, the votes are taking place right now on the House floor on a number of amendments. The one in particular we've been talking about this week is the one regarding abortion. Congressman Ronnie Jackson's amendment number five, as Congressman uh, Johnson was just telling us, call the Capitol switchboard. You still have time to give them a call, 202-224-3121. And ask to be connected with your congressman. If you don't know who it is, you should. But if you don't, just give them your zip code. They'll connect you with the office. Tell them you're calling to ask your member of Congress to support Amendment 5 by Congressman Jackson to ensure that taxpayers are not a part of facilitating abortion in our military. Well, while the FBI is busy surveilling churches, monitoring school board meetings, as we were just talking about with Congressman Johnson, and raiding the homes of pro-life Americans, they may have missed Chinese intelligence agents operating on U.S. soil. Reports of Chinese intelligence agencies running service centers in seven American cities have Republican senators demanding answers. In a recent letter to the Department of Justice and FBI Director Christopher Wray, the senators say the Chinese Communist Party's intent is to intimidate and surveil Chinese Americans with dissenting opinions. Joining me now to discuss this and more is Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, who is leading this effort. She serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Judiciary Committee. Senator Blackburn, welcome back to Washington Watch. Great to see you. Always good to see you and be with you. Thank you. Yesterday, uh, the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party held a roundtable discussion on the extensive and egregious efforts of the CCP to violate religious freedom. And one of the many issues raised by those who have legally immigrated to this country is the surveillance of the CCP here on U.S. soil. That's right. It continues. And Tony, as we have talked uh, in times past, we've been very concerned about these Confucius classrooms, Confucius institutes, the sister city programs, the aggressiveness of the Chinese Communist Party against people like me who were standing up for America and pushing back on the CCP. And their their human rights violations and their economic warfare, their great power competition, their Belt and Road Initiative, their debt diplomacy. And then we find out that these service centers, which are, as you said, housed in seven different cities, that they are 
also serving as police stations or surveillance stations. And what we're trying to do is find out what the FBI knew, when they knew it, uh, why didn't they come forward with this? What are they doing to make certain these are closed? And how is this administration going to deal with the CCP and say, you cannot put your police stations on U.S. soil? I mean, this is outrageous. I mean, this you talk about a breach of national it sovereignty. It is outrageous, yes. You've got the Communist Party setting up surveillance centers on our soil. I mean— Senator, is this a reflection of the Biden administration? Is it their weakness? Is it they're not taking the threats to our national security from CCP seriously? What is this? What's driving this? It is. Well, you're spot on with that, Tony, because this this administration, Joe Biden and his administration are viewed as being very weak. Biden is viewed as being compromised. The CCP, Xi Jinping, they know this. They know they've kind of got him. And they, their intent, as we all know, is to be globally dominant by 2050. They want the 21st century to be the China century. They're working with their allies in what I call the new axis of evil, Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, to do everything they can to make life difficult for us and to show how weak and frail we are. Look at how Yellen acted when she was over there in China for her meetings, bowing, kowtowing. Uh, You've got John Kerry going to China to work on, on climate change. What we ought to see is the president and John Kerry and Yellen saying, look, Shipping all that fentanyl through the cartels to the U.S. better come to a halt, or this is what we're going to do. And we are going to stop this trade imbalance. Last year, China had a record year with the United States. They shipped in nearly a trillion dollars worth of goods more to us than we exported to them. Right. And this administration ought to say to the CCP, we are going to shut down these centers. We're going to arrest people who are spying on U.S. citizens and on Chinese citizens that are in the U.S., and you're going to cut this out. They should be pushing hard against this. And this would never have happened under President Donald Trump and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo because they knew better than to try to cross them in this manner. Yeah, and, and, I, and I have to say this again, that these surveillance centers and this uh, repressive, uh, these repressive policies of the CCP in part are being funded by American consumers who are buying these Chinese products. And so we need to be mindful of that when right. we shop. That's right. A $1 trillion trade imbalance. Yes, that's I, I, right. A trillion dollar trade imbalance. I want to very and quickly. They're taking those profits. I want to quickly go to another topic. We've go got about a minute left. But you've been big on the issue of securing our borders and every state yes. has become a border state. I mean, Tennessee, an illegal immigrant claiming to be a soccer coach, was arrested after videos were found on his phone showing that he had drugged and raped young boys. Where, where where's our security for our communities? And this is what happens when you do not enforce the rule of law and people enter the country illegally. And it's why I have worked 
so hard uh, to make certain that we secure that border and that we protect women and children at that border. 90% of the women and children who make that journey to enter this country illegally are raped. They are physically, mentally, so and um, sexually abused, Tony. It is a humanitarian crisis. And this is why I worked with Senator Durbin, and we were able to get signed into law a lifting of the statute of limitations on these child sexual assaults. Good. So the children and their parents can have their day in court. And Senator Ossoff and I, also working in a bipartisan manner, are working to increase the amount of time that social media companies have to hold all of this information and nick mick yeah uh, give them the ability to capture some of this so that our prosecutors we have time to investigate uh, investigators investigate and prosecutors prosecute and we can uh, get these people locked up thank you senator stick with us we're back after this men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. Welcome back. I'm Tony Perkins, your host, and this is Washington Watch. The website is TonyPerkins.com. And by the way, mark your calendars. Coming up September the 15th through the 17th, the Pray Vote Stand Summit here in Washington, D.C. In fact, do more than mark your calendars. Go ahead and register. Go to PrayVoteStand.org. Uh, you'll hear from a number of the Republican contenders for president, including uh, Donald Trump and Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, they're committed to be here. We'll hear from uh, many others in the conservative ranks, members of Congress, Christian leaders, thought leaders. There'll be panel discussions on a number of issues. So go ahead and go to prayvotestand.org and register today. 
Government data released this week shows that inflation rose 3% this year through June, above the Fed's 2% target, but down, down from its 9.1% peak last summer. Now, President Biden, he's doing a victory lap, claiming his handling of the economy, which he calls Bidenomics, led to this cooling of the increase in the rate of inflation. But as working families continue to suffer, and with the 2024 presidential election perhaps hinging on the economy, can the president claim credit for an inflation rate that already uh, has soared on his watch? I mean, families are paying about a 15% increase when they go to the store. Uh, That's what average families are paying over prior to the time of uh, Mr. Biden coming into office. Well, joining now to discuss this and more is E.J. Antony. He is a public finance economist and research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. E.J., welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you for having me back. So let's talk about this. The president crows about the inflation rate decreasing. Does he think the American people forgot that it skyrocketed when he took office and is still higher than it was in January 2021? I think that's exactly what this White House is counting on, gaslighting the American people, because if they actually talked about the facts, if if we really had a discussion about the data, then it would be clear how much of a failure Bidenomics has been. In fact, you can very easily make the case that Bidenomics is what gave us that 9% inflation rate from about a year ago, and that it is the throttling of Bidenomics by a now divided Congress that has brought inflation down. In other words, as we are borrowing, spending, and printing less money, we have less inflation. Let's talk about the impact, though. Look, let me be very clear. I am happy that the inflation rate is down from 9.1% to 3%. I mean, that's, it's trending in the right direction. But let's talk, let's talk real dollars here. Let's talk about how the average American family stands today and their buying power as opposed to prior to, the, to Bidenomics, if you will, taking over our policy. Certainly. You know, one of the things that Biden always loves talking about is the fact that nominal wages, in other words, the size of your paycheck, right, the number of dollars you get, has risen dramatically under his tenure. That part of the story is true. You're getting, on average, 12 percent more per hour. But the problem is that prices have risen so much faster, as you just said, that that those larger wages, that bigger paycheck actually buys you less. And so for the month of June that, that we just finished up, the latest data shows us that the average American worker, this is astonishing, paid a $4.55 an hour tax through inflation. And we have to remember that inflation is a hidden tax. It is the mechanism by which the government transfers wealth from you to itself in order to pay for its profligate spending. I can't think of a better definition of a tax than that, a transfer of wealth from you to the government. In other words, inflation has effectively doubled the income tax rate for the average American worker. Again, the, the, the only word I can think of here is devastating. Well, actually, um, defrauding is a word that I can think of because they're defrauding the American people. In fact, the the Bible speaks to this about just weights and measures. And Mm -hmm. when you're inflating dollars, you are devaluing those dollars. And so you're literally robbing for the from the people who work for that money. That's an excellent point. And, you know, the, the definition of usury, for example, has changed 
uh, over the years, exactly what that means, whether or not it's taking any interest on a loan at all, or whether it's taking excessive rates of interest on a loan. But I think one thing that is, is very clear is that in the case of inflation, the government is essentially getting a kind of interest on dollars that you have. So the government is literally siphoning off a percentage of all the dollars you have. The, the latest rate is 3% a year. And what's particularly scary about that 3% is that there's no sign it's going any lower. In other words, if you look at the change we've seen from month to month over the last year, it has been surprisingly steady. And it is not going below that 2% annualized rate. In other words, inflation today is about 50% higher than where it was before Biden took office. And the reason for that is because government spending, borrowing, and printing of money is so much higher than it was only a few years ago. But will the president use this lower number to justify additional government spending? Oh, most likely. This this president has shown a proclivity to use any excuse at all to justify higher levels of government spending. So I have no doubt that that will be the next thing in his crosshairs. All right, EJ, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Always great insight. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. EJ Antony with the Heritage Foundation. All right, some good news. Good news. In fact, in fact very good news. And I want to thank you in advance. But just got word that uh, Congressman Ronnie Jackson's amendment passed on the House floor. It was questionable. This is a big, big victory. And uh, those of you who weighed in, leaned into this, called your member of Congress. Thank you. You made a difference. This is uh, quite significant. All right. After the break, a new publication from the Family Research Council on the importance of a biblical worldview, laying the foundation for that worldview. We're going to talk about that with David Clawson here on Washington Watch. So don't go away. More Washington Watch straight ahead. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to PrayVoteStand.org. Again, that's PrayVoteStand.org. Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. 
You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged, be in the know, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Welcome back. So good to have you with us on this Thursday. All right, just got, I got a text just a, a couple of minutes ago from the majority leader, Steve Scalise, saying that the amendment of Ronnie Jackson that Puts us back where we were prior to the Biden administration, keeping taxpayers out of facilitating abortions in our military. It passed. Amendment 5 just passed on the House floor just moments ago. And I want to thank, uh, again, thank each of you uh, who have weighed in over the course of the last week on this as we've talked about. I want to go very quickly uh, to FRC's Vice President of Policy and Government Affairs, Travis Weber, uh, to talk about the significance of this vote. Uh, Travis, uh, we've been tracking this, been working on this uh, with members, uh, what we call inside here, whipping it, uh, just taking account, finding out who's for it. Uh, this is quite significant. No, it really is, Tony. We put a lot of focus into uh, this amendment because it's really the fulcrum of the entire issue that we've seen with the Biden administration trying to push abortion through federal programs, including DOD, and then blaming Republicans for and claiming they're trying to do that when really they're trying to hold the status quo. So Ronnie Jackson's amendment would say, look, no uh, funding to go to expenses related to abortion. Thankfully, it passed 221 to 213. Um, two Republicans, unfortunately, voted for it. One uh, voted against it. One Democrat voted for it. But this is a good policy now uh, that's been adopted and, and really sends a signal against uh, the Biden administration, despite their claims that Republicans are trying to meddle uh, and push uh, social engineering in the military. Now, here's something that is now right in front of the president and the Democratic Party. They've been screaming about Senator Tuberville of Alabama, who has been holding up military promotions because of this policy. This would address the policy. And he says, we get this policy. I'm fine. And so then all of those military promotions of the flag officers that they've been squealing about would be able to go through. So here's the remedy right here in front of them. Right. And so if President Biden wants to move ahead with promotions, uh, he can agree to support Ronnie Jackson's amendment to the NDAA. 
All right, uh, Travis Weber, thanks so much, and, and great job to you and your team for uh, helping get this thing through. Thank you. Well, you often hear me speak on this program about worldview and the importance of a biblical worldview. I mean, this is, this is essential. I mean, a, a worldview is formulated between the age of 15 months and 13 years. And it's not coincidence that that's when the government tries to get our children. In fact, this administration pushing for even earlier childhood education. Why? Because they want to form, formulate that worldview. Well, that's our job as parents. That's our job to begin to construct and formulate a biblical worldview. Now, here's the problem. Research in 2021 reveals that 21%, only 21% of those who regularly attend evangelical churches have a biblical worldview. And if parents and grandparents do not possess a biblical worldview, how can they train their children to have a firm foundation in those critical early years? I mean, you can't give what you don't have. Well, the Family Research Council Center for Biblical Worldview has published a new resource titled An Introduction to Worldview, Refining the Lenses Through Which You See Everything. Joining me now to discuss this and more is the publication's author, David Clawson. He's the director of our Center for Biblical Worldview here at the Family Research Council. David, welcome back to the program. Good to be with you, Tony. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's talk about, uh, first, give me a description of this publication and why we are publishing it. So we published this uh, booklet, Tony, which is actually the fifth booklet in our Biblical Worldview series. And really, I think the Lord put this on my heart actually two years ago. So two years ago is when we launched our Center for Biblical Worldview. And when we launched our Center for Biblical Worldview, we published groundbreaking uh, research by George Barna. You decided part of it, that only 21% of Americans who regularly attend evangelical churches have a biblical worldview. Another part of that poll is that 81% of those uh, who regularly attend evangelical churches think they have a biblical worldview. So a huge difference between the 81% that think they have one and actually only 21% that have one. What's the disconnect? The disconnect is worldview confusion. One of the things that our research has consistently shown is that worldview clarity is directly related to the clarity of the theological underpinnings uh, and then the philosophical underpinnings of just basic biblical Christianity. And so a lot of people, again, go to church, uh, they listen to sermons, but they haven't dug into God's word for themselves and understand just basic Christian truths. Now, clearly, that's why we are doing this journey through the Bible, a two-year journey through the Bible. We, We want followers of Jesus to be in the word. That's critical. It's essential. But it also needs to be coming from the pulpit. I mean, you, you, you cannot have a, you cannot develop a biblical worldview as a layman unless, I mean, you, you, it's difficult. You can't. But it, you, you've got to have teaching. You've got to have, uh, you've got to be under the teaching of someone who actually has a biblical worldview, therefore can impart it. You do. And a second ago, Tony, you said that, you know, parents can't pass along something they don't have. 
It's true in the pulpit, too. So, again, one of the studies that George Barna did that, again, prompted uh, the writing of this resource is a survey he did last year that showed only 37% of American pastors have a biblical worldview. Now, that number is different based on denomination. I think it's 78% of Southern Baptist pastors have a biblical worldview. But that number drops to 51% when you look at evangelical pastors. And so, again, if a lot of pastors and parents don't have a biblical worldview— it's not looking good for the rest of us. Of course, that's why we're here. Uh, we're filling, we're, we're actually, but we're wanting to equip the parents and we're wanting to equip the pastors. I mean, that's a part of what this is about. We're not, we're not trying to go around them. We know they are right. absolutely essential in this process, so we want to help them. That's what this publication is about. So that's what this publication is, Tony. This is really designed to come alongside pastors uh, and Christian parents to supplement uh, what a lot of parents and pastors are wanting to do And so in this publication, which is actually the longest publication I've written at my time at FRC, I look at that question, what is a worldview? I I define it just as the lens uh, through which we look at the world and understand all of reality. And what are the major worldviews, Tony? And I argue that every worldview basically has to answer four fundamental questions. Uh, Number one, why is there something rather than nothing? Uh, Number two, what's gone wrong in the world? Uh, Number three, is there any hope? And number four, where is everything headed? And so I look deeply at what does Christianity have to offer for those four questions? And then I compare that uh, going to the sources of Islam, uh, pantheism, naturalism, and postmodernism. So I put all these major worldviews side by side and just kind of put that framework over them, how these worldviews answer the fundamental questions that all of us have to answer. And at the end of the publication, I try to uh, explain why I believe that a biblical worldview offers the most satisfying answers to every question that we ha- that any one of us ask. And if you can't answer those fundamental questions, life has no purpose and meaning. And without purpose and meaning, we, we, we not only drift, but we fail to have the hope that we need in times of uncertainty, which is what the world is. The world is, is, has always been an uncertain place since the fall of man. It will continue to be. But Jesus... In John chapter 17, he talked about, you know, look, you're going to have difficulty, you're going to have problems, but guess what? You can have peace. In the world, you have trouble, yeah. but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Yeah, that, so in the context of John 17, right before that, John 15, 16, those are the last words Jesus said to his disciples uh, at the Last Supper before they walked over into the Garden of Gethsemane. So some of the last words Jesus wanted his followers to hear, really important things, uh, the last time with him. And he warned them, as they persecuted, persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. They're going to come after you. But take heart. You can have peace. You can have strength uh, because my gospel has all the answers that you need. And that's what a biblical worldview offers. Yes, that is, that, that's what a biblical worldview offers. And the reason there's so much despair and confusion, and, and the, the surveys show this, Tony, 88% of Americans have what you would call a synchronistic worldview, meaning they don't actually have a coherent or consistent worldview. It's kind of like a, a copy-paste it's cafeteria like going through, style. It's going, yeah, it's one exactly, of the cafeteria. Like a little bit of this, a little right. bit of that. And so 88%, that's the vast majority of our friends and neighbors, people that we go to church with, go through life with kind of this worldview that has uh, inconsistent, conflicting ideas, and people get confused, people get frustrated uh, because they have no clear purpose and no clear guidance. And what I argue in this booklet is that the biblical worldview, uh, God's Word, provides those answers. I know that sounds so simple, so simplistic, but if you actually read God's Word, that there are answers there that are uh, 
very uh, satisfying intellectually. And, and that is a part of developing the worldview is when you read the scripture, you're looking for that guidance. I, I want to go to some practical applications of why worldview is important. In fact, I was on the Hill yesterday having conversations with some members of Congress, and, and they were kind of lamenting how even they, as they go to church, they'll sit in a church and they'll hear a sermon, but there is no taking of biblical truth and principle and applying it to the issues of our day, which is a biblical worldview. It is what does Scripture say about the issues we're facing today? I mean, just some of the issues we're talking about here. For instance, we were just talking about the military and how Americans were being forced to facilitate, fund the facilitation of abortion. A biblical worldview gives us clarity on how to address that. Well, the biblical worldview gives us an answer to the question, what is man and what is the purpose of man? The deep questions of anthropology, a biblical worldview tells us that every single person is made in God's image and therefore has inherent value and dignity and a purpose from the creator. And, and that comes from the creator, not the mother. Right. <laughs> the mother is not the one who has the choice over that individual. That individual has inherent value because they're created in the image of God. And that's what a biblical worldview instructs us with. That's what it instructs us with. And the problem is, again, going back to the statistics, Tony, about how few even pastors have a biblical worldview, one study that our colleague George Barna did, again, this isn't just people at general, people that walk around the street, people go to church. Uh, 44% of those who regularly attend church believe the Bible is ambiguous on the question of abortion. Well, why are they ambiguous on the question of abortion? Is because they don't know what the Bible teaches. Why don't they know what the Bible teaches? Well, they're not hearing it from their leaders and from their pastors. And so again, and what I, are they reading? And, and they're not reading it. Systematic. Very few Christians actually read the Bible uh, weekly, Tony, let alone daily. And, and so that's why this worldview is so important, because if a, a biblical worldview takes root in your heart, you'll have these categories for value and meaning and purpose, which will influence. Politics is always downstream from culture. It's downstream from worldview. And again, that's one of the things I try to highlight in this booklet. But, but here's what I want people to to hear about this, David. And because I'm asked all the time, Tony, how do you? I mean, you've been here for 20 years. How do you <laughs> deal with this stuff? I've been in the political arena for 30 years. I, I, I'll tell you how. It's through the Word of God. Yeah. Because I mean, I I know these things. Nothing's new under the sun. There's nothing that we're having to deal with. Now, yes, there are some twisted versions of what we're in, it's, and it's getting darker. But the light of Christ still shines brightly, and the hope that we have in him and what we know is unfolding as well gives us strength to hold on and to persevere. And that comes from a biblical worldview. It does. The, the last question is that I say that every worldview has to answer is where is everything headed, kind of an eschatology. And, and as Christians, we should be some of the most hopeful people in the world Absolutely. because we know Jesus is coming back. So that means we're going to fight our battles. We're going to advocate for the things we believe in, but we'll hold our wins and our losses loosely because we know they're not permanent. Right. It's that like, kind of perspective only comes from a biblical worldview. I, I kind of describe it like as those, uh, they used to have the circuses. I remember as a kid going <laughs> to the circus and they had the trapeze artist that would swing let go of the bar and swing through the air. Well, they had the, uh, the net underneath them. So if they missed it, so what? They fell into a net. That's really what, as, as believers, we're to do our very best. But yeah. you know what? It is God's grace and mercy. And if we, if, we, if we don't catch the bar, if it doesn't work out the way we want, if we don't see the revival that we want to see in the nation, yeah. look, we're to do our part. 
but God is is there. He's that safety net, and, yeah. and we know how this is all going to unfold. That's not a fatalistic viewpoint. Yeah. It's just knowing that God has his plan. He's working his plan. He's even told us. He's even told us what his plan is, if we'll read his word. And that is what sustains us and gives us hope, because what we are, God is allowing us to be a part of what he's doing, and we can kind of tell where we are in the timeline of human history by reading his word. No, that's right, Tony. And as Christians, we're to give our all. Uh, we're, to, we're to be faithful. We're to give our very, very best to the Lord Jesus. Uh, that's what we're to do. But at the end of the day, we're not going to be ones that are just ultimately despairing because maybe we didn't get a win or a loss, which people that don't have that biblical worldview, Tony, I see it at the Supreme Court every June when people uh, lose a case or it goes, you know, it just seems like it's the worst thing ever. The existential despair sets in, and that's because they're not moored in something beyond themselves. The world, you will have trouble, but in take heart. I have overcome the world. In Christ, we have peace. All right, so how can folks get a copy of this publication? You can go to frc.org forward slash worldview intro. So frc.org forward slash worldview intro. You can see, download it, read it for free, and eventually we're going to, very soon we'll have physical copies that you can order for your church, small group, and your family. Now, this goes along with, as you mentioned, this is the fifth publication. So what are some of the other topics covered in the worldview publication? Yeah, the other four booklets, Tony, deal with the issue of life. Uh, the other one deals with religious freedom. One deals with human sexuality and marriage, and the other deals with political engagement. This is kind of the foundational one of what is a worldview? How does it function? Uh, David Clawson, always great to see you. Thanks so much for the great work you're doing at the Center for Biblical Worldview. Thank you, Tony. It's a joy. All right. And folks, I encourage you to get a copy of that. And, and parents, parents, especially as you've got young children, be intentional. And we want to help you. We want to help you build that worldview in your children and, and give you the resources to do that and, and, and hopefully connect you with a church that is doing that. It is absolutely essential that our children have that biblical worldview for the days that are ahead. All right, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything that you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.